The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Radio Wave Medjinomics with your host, a friend of Medjugorje. We can have two masters on many things. What you just heard with the Bible verse said. But what I like to address today is the two masters that prevail in the world at this moment. Either given your total singular concentration and effort on one thing versus Multitasking. Multitasking today is seen as a virtue or something to acquire. Or you hear people say, I can do five things at one time. That's like saying, I'm a jack of all trades, master of none. You think Michelangelo could have done the Pieta with the cell phone, ringing every time he turned around, stopping and texting? No, he had to have concentration on that. People who do great things focus in singularly on that. They put the whole effort into it. We've got studies out there that shows that what we thought was good, or many think was good, that, oh, I can do two things at one time. That's much less than saying, oh, I can do five things at one time that many people have to do, that it doesn't work. 
that the brain that is been graphed showing that when you are concentrating on one thing, more of the brain's effort goes to that singular point that if you interject one second subject that you're working on at the same time or, or interrupting your studies at school or whatever it may be, the count goes smaller that covers the brain in its concentration, which would be a natural thinking effect. And the other 50% goes to the other task you're doing at that moment. That's not true. What they've shown is it goes less than 50% on both of us. You know, whereas where you're at 100% or you got the most concentration going, when you do two things, you don't even equal what you were doing with one thing. So you're distracted. You're not able to keep memory of what you're doing. A lot of things are affected by multitasking. And yes, multitasking is part of life. You're trying to do something as a mother and the kids are pulling on your apron. Uh, you got things at school. So we got it. Life driving is multitasking in the efforts of looking for the stop sign. But you still, you can concentrate that in a package. But when you add texting to that, you're completely in another world. We all know the consequences of that. We did a show on that recently about that. And so we have these things in our life today that have made things so complex, so difficult. And when you look at how God structured everything, it's not that way. It's not multitask. We're to pray, we're to pray. You can't multitask, pray, and be doing something else. And sometimes we do that. We pray we won't work. Are we always concentrating on prayer? No. We're putting less in our prayer that way. But Our Lady gives us instructions how not to do that and how to really focus and how to concentrate and how to make us a different person, a different world. This comes from the Washington Post, the May 4th edition, and it's entitled, Multitasking is Actually Kind of a Problem for Kids and Adults. Parental advocacy group Common Sense Media came out with a new study Tuesday that looks at how parents and their children view their own media habits and whether they feel as if they're addicted to their screens. But it also takes aim at another common modern behavior, multitasking. Chances are that we all multitask. Case in point, in the course of writing this post, I have taken four calls for three stories, sent seven emails, and participated in two work chats. It has become easier than ever with the advent of new technologies that let us juggle screens and even multiple things on each of those screens. But Michael Robb, the group's director of research, said multitasking should no longer be seen as some desirable trait that makes you the best 21st century worker. For the Common Sense Study, Rob not only foresaw the survey on technology behavior, but he also authored a literature review on how multitasking affects children and adults. Of the more than 1,200 parents and teens surveyed, 48% of parents and 72% of teens said they felt the need to respond to texts and notifications immediately, almost guaranteeing distractions throughout the day. Multitasking is a problem in a couple of ways, Rob said, citing recent neuroscience research on the practice. Many people think multitasking does not hamper your ability to get things done, he said, but multitasking can decrease your ability to get things done well. 
because you have to reorient. That causes a certain level of cognitive fatigue, which can slow the rate of work. It makes a certain amount of sense if you think about it, Rob said. After all, you never get something for nothing. And it makes sense that splitting your focus wouldn't be great for improving your productivity. Or perhaps more tellingly, your child's productivity. Previous research from Common Sense found that more than half of teens watch television while they do their homework and that 60% say they text while they are studying and most, 64%, say that multitasking does not hurt their work. But Rob said, multitasking can be particularly bad for students if they're juggling activities in class or doing schoolwork. You're not encoding memories in the way you should be when multitasking, Rob said. If I'm browsing on Facebook while a lecturer is talking, I'm not forming memories that I need to retrieve later. Yes, even digital natives, the review finds, have problems with multitasking. The review included a 2009 paper that looked at 262 college students and found heavy media multitaskers had a harder time filtering out irrelevant information. In other words, they may have developed a habit of treating all information they came across with equal attention instead of allotting steady attention to a particular task. But looking at what's out there, there seems to be some strong suggestion that while all this multitasking is helping us feel productive, it's not actually letting us be that productive. When God made the world, we had the plants, we have nature, we have everything there. He provided it for us. There's no plastic. There's no jet plane. There's no boats. There's no skis with the boats. There's no steam engines. There's no tractors. There's no buildings. There's no studio radio like what we're doing right now. No electronics. No wire. No electricity. Nothing but the earth. He gave us the three things that sustain life. Fire, air, and water. These elements are necessary for life. Everything else really is not necessary. You think, what about shelter? What about this? That's developments from what he put in the earth. What was your car 500 years ago? In the earth. We have surrounded ourselves with so many things from materialism to consumerism and attachments that we can no longer see and peel back everything going back from 10 years ago to 100 years ago to 200 years ago to the Industrial Revolution, pre that, that everything... And before we had all this industrial revolution, we had builders build of stone, but that came from the rock. That rock came from the ground or volcanic or whatever it might be. Dom Cox has a farm in New Hampshire. He says that it's his belief that all wealth begins with the soil. It's true. Everything we had has come from the soil from atomic bombs, from medicines, to your hairbrush, whatever it may be, everything comes from that, all from the earth. 
belief that all wealth begins with the soil and that everything is transformation of the original wealth. So even what we get as derivatives, that this iron ore turns into steel, the steel turns into a machine, that machine actually makes another machine that makes a machine that makes a robot that makes your car. All these things come from the soil. We forget that. We don't see that. And this causes us to go into a multitasking world. And we can't make it on the level we are right now and see God through these things. The original wealth, and the, the only way to add to our combined wealth, all this wealth we have now, he's saying the only way to combine it is to increase productivity of our soils. Everything comes from that. A seed, one tiny little seed out of one little tomato you plant, it grows. You can get 50, even 100 tomato plants off of that tomato plant. And then you open up a tomato itself, you probably have 500 seeds in it. And one of those seeds you take out the next year will do the same thing. That's wealth. You're growing your food. This is what he's trying to get us to see. We're so multitasked, we can't focus on where things are going. Wall Street said six years ago or so that the future gold is food. Then I told you, and we say from here, and we're trying to live it here, that you get your food from your ground to your mouth as fast as you can. Because that's wealth. When money crashes, that's better than gold and silver. Because you're not going to get me gold or silver for our cows here. When we need milk, the ultimate wealth is what comes directly from the soil. And so all these people who's unemployed we're talking about everywhere now. Plant a garden in your backyard. Grow your wealth. Instead of, if you're not working, you can't go somewhere else. You grow that. It's the absence of the need of cash. You don't need that anymore in the future or where we may be headed. You don't need it because it won't work no more. Are these coming to bring us to a different time, a different way of living? And so when I go to write something, I want to put my whole attention to it. There's so many interruptions here, which are necessary. So many different projects going on. But I know when I got to do what I've got to do, when I go write, I go to a cave where I have no interest around my surroundings, that I can put my whole focus in that, get it done and get back or hide out in the building, or whatever I got to do. Not because I'm hiding from people, but because there's so many responsibilities here that multitasking would interfere with what I write. I put my being into what I write. And it's easy for me to do that because I concentrate. And so man is so complex in his ways that he's developed to multitasking. And we got so many things at our fingertips. We're so distracted. We're not thinking anymore. 25% of car wrecks now are caused by texting or on the phone. It goes on and on. You know those things. But what you don't see, because you're so covered up, the clarity of what already says to us. We need to be refreshed. We need to be renewed. What does the Bible show with Jesus? Where did he go to? Into nature. Well, I'll go to adoration to get renewed. You're not getting renewed there. Oh, blasphemy for me to say that. You're not going there except maybe to ask something. But as far as renewing yourself, refreshing yourself, that's not where I'm saying to go. That may give you the grace to be refreshed, but adoration is adoring God. That's adoration. 
Our Lady says to renew and be refreshed to go somewhere else. And don't misquote me. Don't mistranslate what I'm saying, that I'm saying not to go to adoration. It's necessary. She says that. Go to adoration. When you're before the Blessed Sacrament, you're united to the whole world. God wants to be worshipped by all his subjects, all his children, and loved and adored. That's what we go there for, to praise him, worship him, honor him, or make a petition, or just to talk to him. But our lady's real clear in her messages, just like Jesus was, and where he wanted to be refreshed, and where he went to, to be alone with God, was on the mountain. The Bible talks about it. Go up the mountain. Be there. The Jews had it where twice a year with the, the young males and the young boys to go up the mountain to have an encounter with God. And I said January 27, 1986. Every second of prayer is like a drop of dew in the morning, which refreshes fully each flower, each blade of grass, and the earth. In the same way, prayer refreshes man. When man is tired, he gets rest. When he's troubled, he finds peace again. Man renews himself and can once again listen to the words of God. Why can't we listen to the words of God? What do we have to do to get to, once again, listen to the words of God? A lady follows up with this message, and she continues about the 86th message. She says, nature in this way is renewed. How? The dew on the grass every morning, the freshness. Nature in this way is renewed is renewed and refreshed. For the beauty of nature, a daily renewal of refreshment is necessary. Now listen to what she's going into. Prayer refreshes man in the same way, to renew him and give him strength. Temptations, which is in a multitasking world, everything that sells you, music, billboards, everything you see, everything you touch, everything's this way from materialism. What she told Yvonne the other night, materialism, jealousy, and arrogance. It's all bred from these things. Prayer refreshes man in the same way to renew him and give him strength. Temptations, which come on him again and again, make him weak. And man needs to get from prayer always a new power of love and freshness. This is why you pray and rejoice in the freshness of God gives you. So what is our method in doing this? It's prayer, but what framework and what environment does she put you in for this refreshment? She says, April 25th, 1993. Today, I invite you all to awaken your hearts to love, to go into nature and how nature is awakening. And it will be a help for you to open your hearts to the love of God, the creator. Isn't that incredible? She's given us the code. This is how to refresh yourself. You feel run down. You feel temptations of sudden. You feel what you need to do. Go walk out in the woods. Go up the mountain. Go be by yourself. I just wrote about the thing. I think it was released yesterday, wasn't it? Yes. The writing for the second of the month. It's May 3rd. Yeah. What was the name of this? I forgot what I named it already. See, I'm already multitasking going from this subject to the next. The <laughs> Evening World News. The Evening World News. But it starts off talking about something that happened probably 10 years ago sitting in an island in the Pacific in the middle of nowhere. And that memory, what this reading was just read, said, because if you're multitasking, you can't have a memory. I have a sharp memory of that. And when I saw the second of the month message, this is what came to my memory. And I wrote down, and I've never written about this experience before. 
But 10 years ago, something isolated in the middle of nowhere, I wrote the whole writing about based on it because it burned into me because I was singularly focused out in nature by myself, nobody around, no humans, no nothing. So Our Lady gives the code, it's in nature. She tells us how to see everything God provides for us. She says, April 25th, 2002, rejoice with me in this time of spring when all nature is awakening and the heart longs for change. Open yourselves, little children, and pray. Do not forget that I am with you and desire to take you all to my son. He gives you the gift of sincere love towards God and everything that is from him. You know that when you go into nature. And what Dom Cox talked about, everything comes from the soil, all our wealth. He's a reminder of this, of what we should already know and think, wow, everything that I see just riding down the road this moment or looking at my house has come from dirt. Man's arrogance, his jealousy, his materialism changes that. We talked about the story about the pastor, Tony Evans, telling the story about man and his arrogance. God, we don't need you anymore. We can make this. We can do this. We don't need this. We become as gods. And so he tells God, I'm going to make something. I can show you we can make man. So the man goes and gathers up dirt and water and stuff. And God says, wait, 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 just a minute. Go get your own dirt and water. See, we can't make anything except what God has provided for us. But we don't recognize that. So in this message, she says that you can see everything that comes from him. Open yourselves to prayer and seek a conversion of your heart from God. Everything else he sees and provides. All we have to do is convert. All we have to do is live what he's shown us. Everything else comes from conversion. She said, quote, everything else he sees He's looking at you. He knows what your needs are, and he provides. It's already in the earth. Can you discover it? Can you get it? Do you get your piece of land? No, you're chasing something else. Because we're multitasking, and we don't see clarity anymore. On May 25th, 1989, he says, You see, little children, how nature is opening itself and giving life and fruits. In the same way, I'm calling you to a life with God. See, she's telling us how to get there to get into nature, and we'll discover these things to do what? To grow closer to God. October 25th, 1995. I invite you to go into nature because there you'll meet God the Creator. Today, I invite you little children to give thanks to God for all that He gives you. He owns the earth. We've talked before a long time ago about a sign I saw at a tractor supply place. The land that you see here, I'm a steward of. And the one that comes after me will be the steward of it. It belongs to God. That's what we've forgotten. This is mine, me, myself, and I. It's not yours. You're the steward of what God gives you. You're responsible. If you got wealth, if you've got a million dollars, you got a billion dollars, you are responsible for the dispensation of that. And God made you wealthy to judge you at your judgment, how you dispensed it to help others. And if you're impoverished, you're rich in your love, you can give that. We're all responsible, no matter what kind of wealth and how you interpret it. So the point that's being made today is we think we've got everything when we go to Mass. We've got everything when we go to Adoration. We do everything with our rosaries and all our spiritual practices. And our lady is saying one of the main themes is nature, to go out and have an encounter with God. These are where things happen. I tell you in Medjugorje, where conversion happens is not in Adoration. 
You get grace there. You're doing your duties there to pay homage to God. You can talk to Jesus about all your problems. But the conversion, the refreshness, the things that happen is out there in those trails, out there on the fields, out there on Cross Mountain, Apparition Mountain, and the same thing here. On Sundays, we're all walking around. Going to the rosary is an adventure. There's people at work places now are saying that you get out of this office at lunchtime. They do not want you. In fact, you're not allowed to stay in the building. They're starting to see some things. You can't eat your lunch there at your desk or in the break room. You got to go out because we need fresh scenery. The trouble is in the city, you don't have it. That's why they're the parks. But you still, you may can get something, but you're still multitasking in those parts because you're so much in the noise and the motorcycles and all the noise and the jet planes over the top of you. We need to be refreshed. Our life has been called to the soil. And it's there where you'll be closest to God and you'll see him the most. Frank? Yeah, what's always been amazing to me is that how successful the agenda to distract man and how complacent we can be in investments that don't have what we don't look at what the nature of those investments are. I mean, simply put, something that you buy with borrowed money, if you, if you no longer can borrow money, that investment is going to go down. But when fundamentally the, the value is in dollars that have a demand now because it's not the fundamentals aren't seen, when the fundamentals are seen, it's just, it comes down and it's very dangerous. So I'm amazed by the complacency where people think because everybody's doing it or something's worked in the past, it's going to continue to work. And they don't consider the nature of those things. And you're far more likely if you have a cow for sale to take gold and silver for that cow. Once everything collapses and things are, are found for what fundamentally they are. And so the purpose of us at global silver is to help you look at those things and say, Fundamentally, what is the risk of where you are if you are still in traditional type savings? And to look at something that's natural, something that's been successful as money for 5,000 years, and something that's artificially manipulated lower in our time, and something that has a tremendous demand both for manufacturing and more and more for investment in what should and what has, for 5,000 years, had a demand for money to be money that has, it's not seen today, what God created it for. Well, what you're saying, Frank, real simple, if what a friend of Medjugorje is saying today, it's it's back in the nature and into land, that's important. At the same time, you do have to have a means of exchange. If I have a piece of land and I have a cow and I need a pair of shoes and you make shoes, and I don't have a means of exchange, what would I give you? I'm not going to give you my cow for a pair of shoes. My cow's worth more than your pair of shoes is, even if I need a pair of shoes. You can, you can get 10 pair of shoes with the leather off the back of the right. cow. So, so I would have to concede that my physical object that I own is worth less than the object that I need from you. So you have to have some type of a means of exchange. That's why we have money today. And so that's, again, the, one of the purposes of Miraculous Metal Magic Go Around is to secure your means of exchange, but ultimately it is having land. Ultimately it is getting closer to nature, as a friend of Magic is saying today, where you're going from God to the earth to you. So uh, for people who want to get in touch with you to 
exchange what they have right now for the miraculous metal meds you go around? How can they do that? Well, that's that's right, Ray. And you have something that that is fundamentally sound and has much better chance to, to continue to hold its value and to increase its value as people understand it better. And the way that you can reach us is you can call us toll-free, 877-936-7686. You can email us at globalsilverinvestors at yahoo.com, or you can go to our website for this information, and that's globalsilverinvestors.com. I want to back up a little bit to where if there's a collapse, it's not so much if there's going to be. When I was listening to a guy's talk. His first, I got his first name. It was Chris, but I can't remember the last... I was probably multitasking, but what happened was um, he's was talking about his book called Prosperous, and I think he's on I think it's prosperousprosterity.com. But anyway, what he was saying was that the banks he's taking all his money out of the banks. What he's doing and what he wrote about is the prosperity of the banks. They're going to hold on to them. They are not going to fail. When they failed last time in 2008, which it would have been dominoes, the, the government bailed them out. We heard about $700 billion, and it turned into a trillion dollars given to the banks. The government kept them afloat because they were too big to fall, because they knew from there the dominoes would crash the whole economy would be back in the cave days. But he was talking about things coming, and we've heard things as, as we talked about in the next couple of years or as soon as maybe October or whatever, that... The FDIC, which ensures your savings and the money you have in your bank, covers $25 billion. That does not do anything except cover for like a regional area or a small bank or a town or something like that to keep the faith going. The federal government's not interested in keeping the faith going when everything crashes to reimburse everybody because they can't do it. If everybody's savings account through FDIC is covered, it would take eight to $9 trillion. So they don't even have the money. So, to, and when that happens, it's all over anyway. So there's no reason to insure it or cover it because even if you cover it, the money's so inflated, it's not going to be worth giving you money because everybody, that's going to be the point when everybody realizes the dollar is just paper. It doesn't have nothing to back it. That being the case, we have $25 billion, which will be used up in the first second. And actually, they won't even pay that. They're going to take it and keep it themselves. So that's not going to happen. So his whole thing was saying, get your money out of the bank. He says, I'm not keeping any money in banks. And they told him, well, he's keeping it safe. Hold, hold it. And I didn't agree with what he was saying. You have to go into what's intrinsically valuable, that God made it so because he made it. We print the dollar bill. We put in God we trust. We say all these things. But even man was so smart when he did that. He backed that with silver, and he backed it with gold, and you could take your dimes and your quarters to the bank, 50-cent pieces, that was made out of silver because people were smarter back then. They mistrust the government, especially coming from poverty. They knew what everything came from was the soil. The wealth came from that. All that silver, all that gold that looks so pretty around your neck is, is in the dirt. God made it. That And its value is intrinsic because it's rare. And so man has a natural want for that. And that want says, I will give you this what's rare for what you're producing, which is not as rare because uh, for you because you're producing it. But what I want to back up to is that at a point of a collapse, my cow 
speaking for you and everybody else out there, my chicken is going to be more valuable than all the go you have if I don't have nothing to eat for my kids that night and wife or my little community. So at the point of a collapse, don't even think your gold or silver is going to save you. It's not going to because there has to be a stabilization. Frank alluded to that. He never, he didn't, the point may not came clear to you, and I want to clarify that. The point is, initially after collapse, are you going to want food? More so now than any time in history. Why? Because we never have had something so advanced, so complex, so integrated, so sophisticated, so so high up in the sky as far as a skyscraper of transportation and distribution that that thing's going to crash so hard that your meals are coming for you average every day, 1,500 miles traveling, is gone overnight. And you're going to be looking in your backyard. Oh, I know Tom down the road has a cow. Well, he's already been approached by other people that didn't have anything and he can't give it. And he's been he's been approached by the the one percenters, if you want to say it's about more than one percent, it's more than that. Who does have silver and gold, and they're going to try to give it to him. The the gold and its value, even though it's intrinsic, has no value at that point. Only to a stable developing system, what's going to have value is if you have a chicken and he has a cow, and you need milk and you need chicken eggs. That's when it's going to be, that's that's the only thing you're going to do is trade food for food initially. How long will a period like that last? I don't know. But I tell you what, it's going to be devastating. And Yvonne said, physical changes on the earth. Just reason it out. We have a whole thing here of instructions of our lady, go into nature, find God. It will bring closer, at least it's August 25th, 2003. I call you to give thanks to God in your heart for all the graces he gives to you. Also through the signs and color that are in nature, just the color of nature. What does it do? It brings you closer to God. How? She says, God wants to draw you closer to himself and moves you to give him glory and thanks. When you go out there and you're in nature and you see the colors, you see what the fruit of the tomatoes and, and the peaches or whatever and your cow, and then you go to adoration, you move to give him glory there. There's two things happening with this. Adoration is necessary. Don't make that, that I'm making that, negating that or mitigating that. It is necessary. But if you're just going there and you're doing your own world, you don't have near the things that you're as grateful for because you are closer to him that if you see the abundance he gives to you and you can't do it in a multitask world that blinds you, never allows you to concentrate on it. I'll go to the Pieta in Rome. I was just there. I kneel down there for 20, 30 minutes. I stare at that statue. I have 100 people around me. I'm not thinking about them. I don't care if I'm in the way. They're there to take a picture. They leave. I leave with a memory. I was staring at Michelangelo's name on Our Lady's strap that you can't even see it unless you, bear, you look at that. He only signed the Pieta as his only object he ever made or painting because somebody walked by and they said, Michelangelo did that. And he heard him and the guy says, he can't do something that great, that beautiful. So he put his name on her. It's beautiful. Going back to Michelangelo making that statue. It's beautiful to contemplate him and that he said, I pray, he prayed to God, find me what's inside this block of marble. He discovered it through concentration, and you'll discover it in nature. And marble comes from the soil, and that piece of marble is worth, actually, actually, there's no worth. You can't buy it. The Vatican won't sell it. 
Just like you one day, that cow, you're not going to sell it initially. So, Frank, if you want to add a couple of minutes of overtime, whatever you want to say. Well, yeah, it, it's it's the real things that we need to be looking at, and that's what's what's so amazing to me that Frank, were you just hour- Frank? Frank, were you just multitasking? You're sure hesitant. <laughs> were you listening to what I was telling you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was. I was a little multitasking, but great him off. Put an F on saying. Yeah. But, but the dollar has such tremendous purchasing power right now for real things. And silver happens to be the most undervalued and something good that you can use transitionally. And we have a tremendous opportunity in our time because most people can't see it. And that's, that's an amazing phenomena. But those that are taking Our Lady's message seriously and, and understanding that prayers like, like do, that refreshes us. And people that are going into nature uh, are able to take advantage of these things. And so that's what we're here for. And uh, we're happy to help you transition out of traditional savings and into something that's of greater value. Miraculous Metal Mention Glory Round. And I'll leave you with the words of Our Lady. And when she ended up on the follow-up of the January 25th, 86 message, she said, to repeat it to you for your contemplation, and for you to find your little corner in nature today and every day. Our 5 a.m. prayer is our time in nature. It's beautiful. It refreshes us and starts our day out right. And like I said, the beauty of nature is a daily renewal and refreshment and is necessary. Prayer refreshes man in the same way, speaking in reference to about the dew on the grass, to renew him and to give him strength. Temptations which come on him again and again make him weak. And man needs to get from prayer always a new power of love and freshness. This is why you should pray and rejoice for the freshness God gives you. We wish you Our Lady. We love you. Goodbye. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. This ends the Metronomic Show with a friend of Metrigoria. To order this show on CD, you can contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. Again, 205-672-2000.